Welcome back to another episode of the View from the Rock podcast. This is episode seven or, you know, I think our episode when we split it apart technically counted as one. So I don't know. This might be eight. Um, it's hard to keep track. So prolific at this point. But today we're going to be talking about uh, women bands slash artists, which um, you don't know if we give a very great definition of. Is it does it have to be all members of the band are women, or is it just the lead person? Uh, after that, we're going to talk about a beer of the week, which is exciting because it's a local one uh, from Bastion Brewery. And finally, we're going to talk about the top three basketball movies. But of course, uh, we can start off with a little bit of what's been happening in our lives. Um, I know, finally, it seems like spring has sprung. Yeah, we've had a little change in the weather here, finally. You know, this we have spring sports, and for those of you familiar with spring sports up here in Washington, it's usually the worst season of the year. Um, Terrible. But, but yesterday, we uh, I don't know how hot it actually got yesterday, but there was a lot of sun burning in the swap house yesterday. I mowed my lawn in a tank top, and I wouldn't call them booty shorts, but they were short shorts. Ooh. <laughs> That's right up your style, Ruck. I love it. Uh, I Mr. Morgenthaler. I, um, I definitely had some sun issues this week. Uh, I, Tuesday baseball game. And sitting facing west at the Burlington Field and just sun. And I knew it, too, and didn't do my normal sunscreen. And I am peeling now. We didn't have our best game, and it might have been because our team was distracted by the glare. It could be that, <laughs> or it could, your dome, <laughs> or it could be just some mojo that was mixed up in the you know seeing some people in the stands. Yeah, a lot going on that day. Um, but you know, local sports. We've got the Kraken in Game Seven tonight. Yeah, I, I honestly I may not watch, and it would be because I'm trying to do everyone a favor. I've found that I think I'm a curse to the Kraken team. First game, I I watched kind of out of the corner of my eye. We won. Ever since then, I've come back to the game, and we've been up 2-0. And as soon as I start watching, it's we're up. And within minutes of me watching, we're down or we're tied. Like, it's been 2-2 or 3-2. I just, I don't want to put that on anyone. I, I don't believe in that. I just feel like we're going to win tonight. I'm going to pull out my sweater tonight, and I'm going to wear it. You know, I should be wearing my Kraken stuff. First right time, now. if we win tonight, when we win, tomorrow at school, I think I'm going to be wearing the sweater. If we win tonight, I'm going to come sprinting through the back streets to your house yelling. Oh, okay. I love it. No, so 9.15. Yeah, that's a lot of energy. <laughs> Hopefully I'm asleep by then. Or maybe I can meet you halfway and row in Scooter. Oh, there we go. What well, is game time? 6.30 p.m. tonight on TNT. Ooh. Who was a good TNT hockey announcer? I couldn't tell you any hockey announcer other than um, from Hockey Night in Canada. Is it Ooh. Don Cherry? And he got fired. Why did he get fired? Because he That's TSN, speaks right? his mind. Oh. Oh. Because <laughs> Don Cherry always gave you oh, like dude. a 1970s PE teacher vibe. Oh, and the, his outfits? Yeah. You know, so, Ruck. You know a TNT hockey announcer? I'm pretty sure this is on TNT. It's not an it's not like NHL TV. Um, the Biz, 
Chris Bissonette. Oh man, he is exactly what you would think a hockey player would be like stereotypically. He was obviously some goon defenseman. I kind of remember him a little bit from when I would watch hockey sometimes. But, you know, if your name is just The Biz, you know you're a baddie. Oh yeah, just like in WWE, The Miz. The Miz and the Biz. I have no, no idea what you're talking yeah. about. You've right never, now. You don't know who the Miz is? No. WWE. Yeah, he was on. He was like a road road rules guy, and and then he turned in and became a wrestler. Now he's like, he has his own show, Mister and Mrs. The Miz. You know, the last I think serious wrestling I watched, serious as far as like WWE kind of stuff, was when it was still WWF, and they had. I think like the final match and it was on, I think an aircraft carrier. Did that happen? I think so. I think it was like Lex, uh, what Lex was Luger. Yes. Lex Luger. <laughs> yeah. You know, I met Hulk Hogan in Vegas. Wow. That sounds amazing. Like prime Hulk Hogan or old Hulk Hogan? Well, it was probably uh 2005 before his nasty divorce. Yes. So probably late prime. So his daughter was, Probably 15. Yeah. And she was in the pool. We were at the Palms. And uh, my buddy who I was with called me. It was about 10 in the morning and said, hey, I'm having a sub sandwich right now with Hulk Hogan. Why don't you come down to the pool? Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's... Yeah, yeah, brother. I, <laughs> I mean... You're in Vegas at that point, so anything's possible, but I feel like I would be incredulous and think there was some joke being played on me. No, see, Hulk had a cabana at the pool. Sure. Stocked with subbies. And uh, how did your buddy get into his yeah. cabana? He was in the pool hanging out with uh, the daughter's name, I believe, was Brooke. And he wasn't flirting, they yeah. were just talking. And then Hulk came over and invited him over for a subby. And then you went over to his cabana. Then I went down to the cabana. And we're sitting there with Hulk Hogan. With Hulk Hogan. Is he a large man? He's enormous. Really? Yeah. Is he 6'5"? And he's and he is full Hulk 24-7. Like what? he's got the bandana on. His name is not Terry. It's Hulk Hogan. He's Hulk Hogan 24-7. And does he talk that way too? Like, oh, yeah, brother. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Could you imagine living your life like that? Yes. I think, you know, I th <laughs> that's kind of a normal day in Vegas, though, for a lot of people. <laughs> fair, fair, fair. Oh, my goodness. I had no idea we were going to go down this path. That's amazing. Um, yeah, so local sports. We got the Kraken. Uh, Mariners played, finally got a, got a dub. Hasn't been a good start to the season. Big win today. I think they're yeah. 12 and 16. But, Mr. Morgenthaler, what do I always say about the Mariners? Prepare to be disappointed. Well, Robbie yeah. Ray out for the year. I told Rowan, Dad, he's like, Dad, are we going to make the playoffs? I said, prepare to be disappointed. That's been my motto for, well. It doesn't go well. I mean, no. There's a lot of season when left. When Robbie Ray is out. A lot of season left, but if you take our 15-game win streak out from last year, between all of last season and now, I think we're 500. So uh, it doesn't doesn't feel great when you consider that. What do you th what do you guys think about the NFL draft? Seahawks. I I'm uh, I could talk for a little bit. Go ahead. Go for it. 
when I was a kid and still am a big draft nerd, when I was 10 years old, I would make mock drafts. I would, I would get my Excel spreadsheet out and I would type up who I thought was going to everyone in the first round. Sometimes I'd go all the way into the second. Like I was really into it. Still am. I still remember this day when I'd be sitting in the downstairs of our house watching the NFL draft on Saturday, all the extra rounds, and on Sunday when that used to go into Sunday. And I would sit there the whole time and I'd watch every single pick. So and you are basically Mel Kuyper, but you actually played football. True. And my dad would come in and be like, hey, uh, I could really use the lawn mode today. And I'd be like, uh, tomorrow. Yeah, I don't really feel like it. <laughs> but it was even more passive aggressive. It was like, do you feel like mowing the lawn? It was like, no, I don't. I'm watching this. I can do it later. So what do you think about the draft? Um, you know, now that our team has had enough success to give our ownership, administration, coaches, general manager, all that, kind of gives them some clout and some wiggle room. Um, I feel like every draft I go into with them, I have an idea of what we should be doing, and then we don't do that. And then I spend the next 24 hours uh, coming to terms with what we did. And last year, it was less so that. Last year, it, just from the start, I was like, this was an amazing draft. This year, um, I loved our first round. Going into the draft, I wanted Jalen Carter. But I, I knew that he would be there. The D tackle from Georgia who's supposed to be the best player in the draft. Knew he'd be there. So if we chose not to take him, since they had no way more information than I do, and they've interviewed him and met with him, they must have legitimate concerns to not take him. So they didn't take him, and I was like, oh, man, that sucks that he's obviously a big head case. But that's do you, why we didn't. Do you really think that they learned from the McDowell pick? Malik McDowell. I think that... That's the one that got them, where he got in that ATB accident and never played. I think that that whole thing is a little bit overrated from the standpoint of that was the second second round draft pick anyways. and But he was going to be a starter. Could have been. But it wasn't like we drafted him and everybody was going, oh man, that was the best player in the draft. We drafted him in the second round when he fell to us and it was like, oh man, this guy has a lot of potential, but he's kind of a head case, so we'll see. And then, yeah, he never played. So as far as like, this was our fifth, the, the fifth pick in the first round, like learning from that, I don't know. I mean, you could maybe say, hey, we need to trust our player evaluation and say, you know, if it seems like he has some issues going on, we should stay clear of that. Maybe that's what we learned from it, but. He was the 10th pick, correct? Who? Carter. He ended up being the ninth pick. Ninth the, pick. The Eagles traded up from the 10th to the ninth. Um, and afterwards, it didn't, it didn't come out before, but after the draft, the talk was that when coaches talk to the Georgia coaching staff, that, you know, normally as a head coach, like you're trying to endorse your players. You want them to be drafted. You want success for them. They were not endorsing Jalen Carter. Hmm. They they're basically were like, good riddance. Like we were tired of coaching him. We'd had enough. So we got the best cornerback in the draft. And he looks like a baller. And you know what? He's all in. Like, football is number one. His life is football. Did you see that clip of him against Indiana? Yeah. Like, that's not normally how a corner plays. Like, that's huge. We're going to be good. Like, we, it's going to be the – like, our corners are locked. Well, we have him and uh, – Tariq. Tariq. And so we're going to have 
two lockdown corners. Huge. And then, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba, last year at the end of the season, he was he was a top 10 prospect. Uh, going into the draft, like d- at the start of the season before he got injured, it was like he was better than Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, who were drafted in the first round last year from Ohio State, who were supposed to be really good. And they did well in the NFL last year. And everybody was like, this guy's better. Then he hurts his hamstring, doesn't play most of the season, and therefore he drops. Like, he easily could have been going to the draft if he was healthy. Could have been like a top 10 pick. We got him 20. So we have DK Metcalf. We've got Lockett. We've got the kid from Ohio State. We've got Kenneth Walker, three. And we have another running back. We get the guy from UCLA. Zach Charbonnet. He's big. And, you know, and I saw people saying, you know, we have a running back. Why take him? How many years have the Seahawks made it with their running back healthy all year? Ever? Since Marshawn Lynch? Never. No. it's So we need two. You need, yeah, three. You need three. Do we still have uh, one of the others? So we let Travis Homer go, and then Rashad Penny signed with the Eagles. So right now we've got DJ Dallas. We've got uh, Zach Charbonnet from UCLA, uh, the second rounder. And then we've got K-9, Kenneth Walker. But then did you see the guy we drafted in the seventh round out of Georgia? His name's Kenny McIntosh. His, his YouTube clip of him getting called by John Schneider on the phone, our GM, and then his press conference with all the media, like, it's good. It's, really? It's entertaining. <laughs> like, he gets called on the phone, and he immediately starts crying. And he's like, what have you guys been doing? I've been waiting around all day for oh, this. Oh, man. And then he just is sobbing throughout the whole phone call. And then they, the media gets on the call with him. And he, he just, at one point, they mentioned something about his brother. He's like, oh, you want to talk to my brother? I'll get him right now. And he just starts screaming, Dion, Dion, get in here, Dion. And then... <laughs> At one point, they go, "What kind of a style? What kind of style of running back are you?" And he goes, uh, "I can run between the tackles. I can run zone outside. I can catch the ball. I can pass block." He goes, "I can be whatever you want me to be. OC, offensive coordinator. You tell me what you want me to be. I'll be it." I was just like, "Wow, that's, that's the awesome. perfect. That's answer. the way. It, yeah, that's, that's the, the right way answer. It should be. Like, I, I love him. I, I watched a little bit of the first round." Um, and the whole Will Levis thing oh. was just amazing to me. Like it's brutal. how Vegas, what's something happened on Reddit where someone put out like he's going to be the number one pick and Vegas totally changed their, uh, the odds. And it was, it went to four to one that he would be the number one pick. You're kidding. Me. How is that possible? that he does not get picked in the first round. I'm not sure what you're referring to because I saw that within hours of the draft, the NFL betting lines, Vegas lines, changed to where it was 98% Bryce Young first pick, 98% uh, C.J. Stroud second pick, 64% Will Anderson third pick, and then Anthony Richardson, it was like, 70-something percent. Well, it must have went – it was earlier in the day or the day before because the lines changed were four to one. Yeah. Were pe- I mean, And so, Will, he's sitting there. How? So the people that are telling him you're going to go in the top five and you don't even get drafted in the first round. 
I mean, how is that possible in today's age? I have no idea, but he, it was very awkward. So I just saw a clip to, uh, from him today, and I don't know if it was at his pro day, but he was talking uh, to the media there, and he goes, I think they asked him if he would go to the NFL draft. And he's like, well, you know, if I get invited and I think I'm going to be a top pick, then I'll go. But I don't want to go if I'm just going to sit in the green room and slide into the second round and have that camera on me all day, then I don't want to go. Oh, <laughs> oh, wow. And that's what happened. And then, you know, gets picked high in the second round, but he didn't stay second stick pick. Around. Yeah, right. Um, well, you know, everyone coming in didn't – speak about it very loudly, but it was really clear there was three teams that had to get a quarterback. And those three teams got one in the first four picks. And so if there wasn't one of those other teams after that who would be drafting a quarterback as just sort of an extra who maybe wasn't going to play this year, if one of those teams wasn't going to draft him, then he was going to slide. And, you know, I saw that some different places, and a lot of places said he's probably the fourth quarterback. So, you know... It was still surprising, but also you could kind of see it was coming a little bit. Out of the second round, no. You'd kind of think someone would trade up into the end of the first and take him, but... it was It's funny. Like, where's his dad? There's a lot of women in his group. I thought the same thing. Yeah, I agree. There were, there were a lot of women in his group. You know, the biggest thing that I heard maybe that caused him to slide, some people were saying, and it was just speculation, but um, leading up to the last few weeks of the draft he was expected to go really high and within the last few weeks his stock started to really drop and people said that when they when he did his interviews he seemed like he was uh nervous um and cocky and when he did his pro day he was wearing like a muscle shirt and he would you know on his instagram he'd post these selfies of himself and people started to get this weird vibe that he's sort of a prima donna that's more worried about how he looks um and and really loves how strong his arm is rather than putting in the time yeah not a great thing for a quarterback well we got another year of geno smith i love it i i like it i think we're going to be well we have the one of the toughest schedules in the league i don't know if you saw like who we play as far as like against the division because they haven't released the the schedule yet, I don't think. I think that comes out like mid-May. I think in terms of who we play, in t- like not exact, but we play the AFC, like yeah, we know NFC right. exactly. We, we know or, all the teams, just not what weeks it'll yeah, be. Yeah, 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 yeah. That'll be tough. But you know what? The good thing is, it's pretty much just up to you beating the people in your division. So we'll play them eight games or six games, whatever it is, and then we'll play those same teams as the other ones. So. It's a nice format they have in the NFL. When I think about how much we dislike Seahome, I almost think about that with the Niners. Cannot stand the Niners. Awful. And I it's you know, I think I brought this up on a previous podcast, but it's amazing to me how many 49er fans there are out there. And Cowboy. It's Cowboys and Niners. But Cowboy, I, I don't hate Cowboys and Cowboy fans like the Niners. The Niners are like, they're kind of like Notre Dame or maybe the Yankees, where there's just people 
that just declare themselves Niner fans for no apparent reason. What drives me nuts about all those fan bases is even when their team isn't really good, like I would say the Cowboys, you know, didn't really do anything last year. I wouldn't say they're bad. They obviously have some talent and they could be good this year. But if you're a Cowboys fan, you think that this this is the year. And you think that every year. And you have this irrational exuberance about your team. And all of those fan bases do. And they also have these sky-high expectations that never get met. They always think that they should be going all out every single year. When, I don't know, I feel like maybe if you've been a, a part of a team that, like the Seahawks, have had some bad years, you kind of appreciate like, oh man, you know, we didn't go all the way last year. We're in nine and seven. It was a good season. Like you appreciate that they're putting out at least a good product. So what are the Niners going to do at quarterback? Do you know when Brock Purdy's coming back from his elbow? I think he's he's the number one. I mean, if his elbow is healthy, that, but isn't that is. amazing that he was Mr. Irrelevant? It's wild. So like yesterday, I'm sitting in the house and Kelly's. She goes, well, what does Mr. Irrelevant mean? I'm like, well, he is the last pick in the draft. Well, why do they call him that? Because normally he never makes a team. It's a guy you've never heard of. And then all of a sudden, Mr. Irrelevant is now starting and winning. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, and he was good. I mean, it's almost like a curse. It it, it has seemed that way in the past because obviously it doesn't mean that you can't be good. Because we know that there are people that have been undrafted for a long time now who've ended up becoming really good players. But that last pick is such a weird time because those teams can choose. Like, it's interesting. There's probably 50 guys. Well, in those last couple of rounds, they're actually making calls to guys who they're not planning on drafting, but they're saying, hey, we, we want you to be an undrafted free agent for us. And so I don't know how that affects this the guys they decide to draft and not draft. But I think sometimes some guys in that seventh round fall out because the team would rather sign them as an undrafted free agent than draft them. It'd be interesting to see how many, like the last 20 years, how many guys have made it three years in the NFL drafted in the sixth and seventh round. Yeah. I mean, that specific pick, the irrelevant one, I don't think it's very good. Um, was there anything else we were planning on talking about here in our little little warm up? Are we ready to dive into? Do we have um, a little fact checking from the last podcast? Kylie Minogue, what were celebrity, we? celebrity oh. who she was dating, celebrity so, who she was dating. Did you guys look it up? Because I'm gonna guess off the top of my head that it was um he was he was a musician. I thought also. And he played some awesome guitar. Um, wasn't it Lenny Kravitz? No? She was linked with Lenny Kravitz. Oh, let's no go. Way. She was in a relationship with the late Michael Hutchins. Oh, yeah. Really? Yep. Also Australian. You know, I saw Lenny Kravitz in concert. And really? He, yeah, he was really good, but he quit after two or three songs because he had a like a sore throat. Wow. Yeah, he's kind of disappointed. He was awesome there for a minute in the what late nineties, early two thousands. 
Yeah, that would have been 1992 that I saw him. He oh, was opening wow. for the Colt. So Kylie is 54. Hmm. Well, speaking of women musicians, uh, first topic is women band slash artists. And I don't know if we decided who wanted to talk about it first. Swapper, do you want to talk about that? Well, you know, we in, in thinking about what to have for a musical genre um, in, here in Episode 7, you know, we've, we've talked about hair bands. Um, you know, we've talked about Australian bands, Canadian bands. We really haven't talked about some of the fantastic women of rock. Is it all genres or women of rock? Well, I believe that we have talked all genres. Yeah. But I just said women of rock. I think about women bands, and I, I, I think about women that rock. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow! Well, does anybody rock more than Joan Jett? Oh man! And I the Black know. Hearts. Yeah. Uh, I think a heart. Anne and Nancy Wilson. Yeah. Remember, we talked about them in a previous podcast yeah. when I saw them all acoustical at the Seattle Opera House under the name The Love Mongers. They're, I mean, they, if you look, you remember the VH1 behind the, is it behind the story or behind the music? Yeah. And talked about, so one of them went to Pacific in Oregon. Yeah. 19. 19- uh, did you see that? I, if you are not here in <laughs> the recording not. studio, we just witnessed some witchcraft. Uh, Mr. Yes. Morgenthaler's Seahawk cup just spontaneously started sliding itself across the table. You know, that'll happen on those glass tables like that. Oh, you my get the goodness. No, that cooling. was weird. That was super weird. <laughs> I think someone is here. I think oh. the Yellow Dog studio was haunted. Um, but anyway, one of the Wilson sisters... Uh, went to Pacific. We actually tried to get them to come play in the 90s. So one of them went to Pacific in yes. Forest Grove. Yeah, and talked about it on Behind the Music. And then one of them is married to Cameron Crowe? Yes. So that would be Nancy. Okay. And she's the guitar player. But they they freaking crush it. Yeah. Uh, crazy on You, Barracuda. Barracuda. Yeah. They rock. I remember yeah. listening to some heart when I was a kid. I would say might have even been on some of my you know workout playlists. Definitely was on a lot of my playlists I had when I was a kid. And then when you think about like our last podcast, we talked about MTV videos. Yes. Madonna hmm. and the Bangles. The Bangles. Had some great videos on MTV. Susanna Hoffs, who I also saw in concert. Oh. That's amazing. What year was that? That would have been 1991 at the Gorge. And it was just her or was it the Bengals? She opened for Don Henley. Don Henley. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) So do you consider... I'm looking at our notes... Fleetwood Mac as or is it just Stevie Nicks 
I think you can put Stevie Nicks on any list, and she belongs there. Yeah, she's amazing. Well, so, I mean, that's the the question for this list. Is it bands that have only females or leading females, or is it something else? I think it, well, so Hart had men in the band, but Stevie Nicks and Fleetwood Mac, she was a lead singer for that band half the time. It's like, you got no doubt. No doubt, Gwen Stefani. Yeah, it was just one female, though, I believe. The rest were men. But to me, like, Gwen Stefani was what made that band. So my first year teaching ever in uh, Oregon, I was teaching math, and my student, her aunt, or the student's uncle was in the band, no doubt. Wow. So she's like, I'm leaving for a week. I go, where are you going? She's like, well, I'm going to see my uncle play. He's in a band called No Doubt. I'm like, what? (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Well, on that same note, what about if you go a generation earlier and you go Jefferson Airplane, Grace Slick? Now that's the uh, white room with black curtains. Uh, that's cream. White rabbit. White rabbit. Yeah, there you go. The white room with black curtains. Isn't that cream and the, Eric Clapton? Yeah. In a Eric, white room. Eric Clapton, yeah, yeah. Ginger yeah. Baker, and I knew Jack there was Bruce. a color there. White, white rabbit. Is she the one that sings the song that's in um, a movie with Cable Guy? Don't you want some? That would be Jefferson Airplane. Okay. Yes. So that's that's one of their their big songs. And her name is what? Grace Slick. Her voice is very distinct. And then they later became Jefferson Starship. Yes, they did. So why how is that? You go from airplane to starship. I think because <laughs> modern times. <laughs> um you know, someone that we hadn't discussed before. Um, actually a couple. First of all, ABBA. Female. ABBA. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, not something I'd less necessarily listen to, but famous wise, sure. Uh, Sonny and Cher. Oh, Cher. Yeah. You can't deny her talent. Lady Gaga. Oh, don't even get me started. I, I mean, some Swap and Sign Dog cried. I had tears. Oh, I, I saw right. Gaga on my 50th birthday in Vegas, and she, um, if you can find anybody more talented than her, I want to see it, because she is absolutely amazing. Well, that, that song with her and Bradley Cooper, oh, I, I mean, I, lo- I like that song, and I, I will cry when I hear that song. She is amazing. I was with Sign Dog, you know, one our only guest here on the podcast at uh, Lady Gaga in Vegas, and we both had tears rolling down our face. First row of the balcony, it was unbelievable. Wow. Um, you guys ever heard of the Alabama Shakes? Is that what happens when you wake up with a really <laughs> bad hangover in Birmingham? Uh... <laughs> You know, I think you could call it that. <laughs> the Alabama Shakes, baby. Um, but they're definitely one of my 
favorite really? recent sort of rock alternative bands. They're like highly talented. Um, they've got a female lead singer, Brittany Howard. Um, super good. Uh, you would definitely recognize some of their songs. Um, and But the one we haven't said that I've actually seen in person is the Cranberries. Ooh, Dolores O'Riordan. <laughs> How do you know these names? God, it's amazing. I saw um, the Cranberries at the Gorge. Oh, my gosh. I saw them at the White River. They're 1994 is part of uh, Lollapalooza. You're kidding. Good. Yeah. Very good. What did you think of them in person? I mean, I saw them, you know, maybe it was five years ago with uh, Bob Vokes, a uh, friend of the pod, and Dick Fryer. And, yeah, they were super good despite it being only five years ago, and therefore, you know, they're a little bit older performing. But I couldn't tell. They freaking rocked. Um, I didn't know a lot of their music other than, like, Zombie. But I I liked it all. You know, when you go to see a band where um, you don't know their oeuvre of music it's it can be a little challenging to get into it but i was in like you can just tell they're they're talented hey i'm gonna throw another female front person at you janice joplin Ooh. oh yeah she's big i mean during during my dad's time definitely big brother in the holding company that's like late 60s 70s when did she pass Around um, when Hendrix did and... And Jim Morrison right yeah. around that same time. Gosh. And they were young, like 32, 31? 29, maybe. God, what are you doing to... That's... Yeah. <laughs> right? Younger than me. <laughs> no, we're... Swap and I are looking at each other like, wow. How does that happen? 29? Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, I got one for you. Okay. So I'm looking... There's a tribute band for ACDC. Oh, it's all female, isn't it? Yes, yeah. called Hell's Bells. Oh, yeah, they've. I think and they've. they've come here before, oh yeah, they? they. I want to. They're one of the places that I wanted to go watch. They kick ass. Can I say ass? Yes, I think you just did twice. So <laughs> according to Google, they're the fifth ranked best ACDC tribute band of all time. Wow, and they're good. You pull up a video on them, and they're shredding. You know, the worst part about choosing this as a genre is it's so broad that there's going to be people we missed, and people are going to complain about it. Um, and there's one we haven't mentioned. And, man, if we did not mention this person, we would get destroyed. I know. I think I know. Go uh, ahead. Well, I'll say first the band that she was in, Destiny's Child group, whatever you want to call it, which would be... Do you know who that is? Beyonce? Yeah, Beyonce. Um, there's a lot of people who love Beyonce. They're, I like some of her music a lot, um, but it's definitely not something I just go to immediately. But the one that I definitely go to immediately and is one of my favorite just artists in general, which I don't have tickets to this summer, T-Swift. Oh, Taylor Swift. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I geez. love Taylor Swift. Yo, Taylor Swift I'm a, I'm a right now. I love when Taylor. you play Taylor Swift in P.E., 99% of the girls are singing during warm-ups. While they're running. Yes. Yeah. And they want to play Taylor Swift all the time. And yeah. we're in a small town. Think about the world. So, so like Christina Aguilera, 
Britney Spears, all of those people were the first part. Yeah. Right? Of Swift. Or Katy Perry. I'm a big Katy Perry fan. Yeah, I like Katy Perry. I love Taylor Swift. You know, I have a little bit of a crush on Taylor Swift for sure. I mean, she's like my age. She's 35. Yeah. I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> that she's my age. <laughs> that I would have a crush on her. Both. <laughs> but didn't you you know, when she was younger and it was just her and the guitar? It was just country? magical. Was that more country? Yeah, it was more country. So what about Shania Twain? Canadian. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't... I don't, I don't know if I can name a song. Um, hey, while you're thinking about that, I just pulled up Hell's Bells. They're going to be in Everett June 3rd. Oh, yes! I had them on the calendar. They were at the uh, the Skagit a oh, year ago. Man. I want to go. Saturday, they, they, June 3rd at the historic Everett Theater. Do they kick? They rock. They do. So June 3rd. So let's put that on the calendar. Yep. Did Shania Twain do I Feel Like a Woman? Yes. There you go. So we got to say something for our listening audience. Yeah, Holly Besmer. One of her favorite people that she loves. Yeah. Go ahead, Swap. You guys don't even remember her name. Yeah. Do you guys remember? Isn't it Mel- Melinda? Belinda. Belinda Carlisle. Oh my gosh. No, it's Brandy Carlisle. Brandy. Belinda Carlisle was in the Go-Go's. <laughs> yes. Yes. And Go-Go's is on the list. Yes. Brandy, Brandy Carlisle. Carlisle is on fire right now. And and you guys listen to her all the time? Never have listened to her. <laughs> I'm sure she's a talented young lady. And she played Black Hole Sun at the Gorge with Soundgarden. Oh, man. And Mrs. Holgertz was there. So she is pretty big. She won like the music video. She's of the on year, fire right, right now. Yeah. It, or was it just per artist of the year album? She won something. She this won year. like three or four Grammys this year. Yeah. She's big time. It's not, I, I wouldn't say it's even her style. For some reason, I just haven't caught on to her music yet. Maybe I will at some point. You know, I wasn't into Taylor Swift until like she came out with her folklore album. And at that point, I think that was more my style. And there's some random music of hers before that that I liked, but... Um. I'm going to go super obscure right here, maybe just to kind of close the loop on this. Perfect. Back when I was early 20s, local band, all-female, Swamp Mama Johnson, they rocked. They had a guitar. In, I'm sorry, they had a saxophone. In the Valley? Yes, they were a local band. They would play at the Watertown. Oh. Is, is there any recordings of them? You, maybe on YouTube you could find something. Wow. Swamp Valley. Swamp Mama Johnson. It's a great name, and I love any band that has They a had a great song. song by the name of Gasoline. Whoa. And I probably saw them at local establishments 10 times. They were amazing. Did you find anything, Jay? Yes. Uh, Gasoline. The album was Wetlands 1995. Voodoo Angel. So at our Pucker next up Buttercup. At our next break, I think you should play Gasoline. Okay. So speaking of breaks, are we taking a break before Beer of the Week and top three basketball movies of all time? I think we should. Yeah. Okay, let's do it. Welcome back to the View from the Rock Podcast. Um your host Ruck. And we 
are going to get into our beer of the week. This week it is Sky Pig IPA from Bastion Brewery out by the, is it now called the Swinomish Lynx Golf Course? It's always going to be Smilk. Smoke, Smoke Beach to me. For us. Okay. Yeah, for us locals. Okay. But yeah, I believe it's the Swinomish Lynx now. So it's just, you know, they're on your left hand side when you're heading into Anacortis, um, near the Blue Cow Car Wash. And I would have to say it's probably Bastion Brewery itself. I think the best brewery in Anacortis. It's really good. It's it's a it, it's in a building that you know, again, History. for us locals, we remember it. I remember it originally as the 19th hole because it's right right there by the golf course. And I'd go out there with my dad when I was a kid and get breakfast. Yep. And my dad would always go there after the refineries. Like yeah. Like a big shutdown. They would always have breakfast there. The 19th hole was what it was. And that's, you know, I think a lot of people in town still call it the 19th hole no matter what business is in there. And that's a great that's a great name. Oh, yeah. Right across the street from the golf course. I bet there's about 1,500 restaurants in the nation that are called the 19th Hole, and they're located at a golf course. And uh, they probably Perfect. all serve a great Bloody Mary and a great breakfast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think the Bastion, as over the last, what, seven years, mm-hmm. has really stepped up their game. Like, their food is good. Their food is good. Their beer is good. Yeah. Yeah. I remember... Before, it was La Barca, which I think means the barge in Spanish, uh, Mexican restaurant. It was it was good as well. Uh, didn't have anything there for a while, but yeah. We taught um, their Bastion's kids. Bastion's awesome. Yeah. We did, yeah. We had their kids in class. We had, uh, before La Barca, at one point in time, it was the sports keg. I don't know if you guys remember that or not. That was probably while you were in Oregon. Okay. Um, and they would have live music in there on weekends. Uh, what else has it been? It was one other thing briefly, somewhere in between La Barca and Bastion, I believe. Oh. I think Bastion is here to stay. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, I think the, the cool thing about them is I've seen them really grow as far as uh, when I they, they first got here, I would say their food wasn't good. Um, and I wouldn't have advertised that, like written a review necessarily. Um, but and maybe it wouldn't have been a zero, but it was it wasn't great. And now their food is really good. Um, they brought a guy in there to help them do their smoked meats and things like that, and their barbecue, and that really uh, made them big time. But throughout all of that, their beer I think really has been great. Which leads us to our Sky Pig IPA, which I think they would say is their flagship IPA. We just had I just had a couple Sky Pigs the other day. It's one of those ones where, you know, every brewery has an IPA that they always make, always have on tap. And then like with this one, you can see they're starting to actually put it in cans. They've even got labels for it. So I don't know if they're shipping this out anywhere. I don't know if you guys have seen this in the wild. Have you? No, but when you went out there, there's a big fridge full of them. Yeah, that's new. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You can, I think, buy singles. I think it was like $6.50 for one of them. Or you buy a six pack. I don't know if it's any cheaper, um, but I, it's a really solid IPA. Whenever they get their New Englands on tap there, which would be like a hazy, I think that they're definitely the best in the valley. Yeah, no, no doubt. They uh, during COVID they stayed open, and you could go in there and get a growler 
filled up and you had to follow all the distancing rules and whatnot. But just to kind of get out, I would go out and get a growler full of sky pig. And then they also have a lot of good ciders um, on tap. You know, the, the, uh, the lemon basil. From that's Spokane. Yeah, one tree out of yeah. Spokane. And that's a good cider. And, you know, I don't judge anyone for drinking a nice cider every now and then. Now, I think there was a time in your life where you weren't drinking any beer and ciders were a big part of your life, weren't they? They were. And I go through phases, um, like phases of the moon. That was my cider phase. <laughs> you know, some people call it phases. If you're a Christian Chambers, you'd call it seasons. She does. She uses the word seasons. Really? Yes. Yep. Seasons yeah. of our life. Huh. Speaking of which... I literally just got a text message from her as I said that. That's wild. Hi, Kristen. Uh, and, you know, she's a longtime listener of the podcast. She's one of those ones that would really like the podcast to be under an hour long because she can't run for more than an hour. She'd prefer it like 45 minutes. Well, t- then I'm going to tell her tomorrow she needs to start walking for 15 minutes. Oh, I was going to say And then running. Harder. If I based my podcasts on running, I would not listen to very many podcasts. <laughs> And Rick's a big fan, and I really like Rick because he's a beaver. I, I do, State. too. And beavers are like, beaver fans are, you they're know. Di- they're just, they're realistic. They've we, gone through losing so much in their life that they appreciate it when there's a good win. You know, I think a beaver fan is like in the movie Office Space, where the, where the guy says, I'm a phenomenal slouch. <laughs> hey, you know, we never uh, described the Sky Pig IPA. Uh, Jason, do you yes. want to do that? Sure. So, lovely but light West Coast style IPA. Pineapple, fruit, citrus, likely a little bitter. I think I said lightly. Oh, lightly, lightly bitter. Yeah. Sorry, typo. No, you're good. Uh, 7.2% and 3.74 on untapped with 849 reviews. Um, what do we think? It's our go-to when we go there. It's like putting on a nice pair of slippers. Ooh, it's exactly <laughs> what you expect when they wrap you in a warm embrace. Absolutely. You know, I actually have a little bit of a surprise for us, too. Um, they not only have the Sky Pig IPA, they have a double IPA. Ooh. And sticking with the theme, it's actually called Space Pig. Whoa. So, and that is not to be um, handled by anyone inexperienced. No, I believe it's 9.8%. Ooh. So, that's one of those. So, you get those little mini glasses? They serve it in like a little goblet. Yeah. I think they call it a schooner. I don't know if you can hear that on the podcast. Oh, look at that. Man. I think we should let that breathe a little bit before we taste it. Mm. You know, while I'm letting this breathe, what's your favorite thing on the menu out there, Mr. Ruck Dashel? And I think you're going to say the same thing that I am. Golly. Um, you know, I don't know that I've really ever had their barbecue. Um I, I think they make some really great wings. I think they do like a little smoking to their wings, smoked wings, and then they must finish them fried or in the oven or something. Um, so 
You have not had their brisket dip. Brisket dip. Oh, I. You know what? I actually think I have had, and it is really good. So the 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 uh, the dip sauce is what really makes the it. The dip sauce is not that thin little au jus that we get at Ghirardelli. That we get at Ghirardelli, which is good. Yes, their dip is like a thicker, thicker. It's like it's, it's like a thin barbecue sauce. Yeah. It's like they took barbecue sauce and watered it down with au jus. Yes. And, and they've, uh, their mac and cheese is not bad. So, well, and you can get You like, add brisket with it. And you can add jalapenos and bacon. So I take the jalapenos out just because I'll sweat a lot. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know that I've really ever had a bad... Oh, my gosh, what? <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, I don't think I've really had any bad meals there. I think everything's pretty solid. Um, I'm kind of a burger snob connoisseur, mm. whatever you want to call it. So can I enjoy their burger? Yes. It's not my style of burger. It's a pub burger. So it's thicker, um, has a lot of stuff on it. Some people that's their jam and that's fine. Happy for you. Um, I prefer a smash burger where you get the patties are nice, nice and thin. Yeah. Um, there's pretty thick sometimes it's a little dry, but I'm not they have a to... very good, uh, pretzel. As an appetizer, they do, and they'll give you a like a nice cheese sauce, and then they add a little hot, little hot mustard. And I, I must say, I'm a big uh, tartar fan. They have really good tartar sauce there. They have really good ranch, but it's it's not like you get from Village. Village is like mm-hmm. fake, super MSG salty, which is amazing, and that's for some things you want that. This is a more gourmet, sort of a dilly kind of ranch. A lot of dill. And yeah, I, a lot I of think dill. an underrated way to experience the Bastion is to ride your bike there. Oh, we did that oh, one time. One of we my did. favorites. Yeah. Tommy Thompson. Got to work for it. Go across the trestle. Which is out of order right now. I think it's back. Oh, is it back? I heard it was supposed to be back. Oh, they... I haven't tested it it's not quite trestle weather yet i don't know that i think the bastion if they heard how much we're singing their praises they probably we could maybe get them to be a sponsor yeah that would be amazing would love that they have a good trivia night as well on wednesdays yeah actually if anyone was wondering their wi-fi password is trivia wednesdays all lowercase so we went there (laughs) uh came back from a game possibly up north and it was sat in there and supposedly there was a substitute teacher that we saw there. Oh yeah, Mr. B. And the original he, Mr. B. Yeah. And he uh came to school. He's like, I'll see you tomorrow. And then found out that there were older couples cheating. At trivia? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even though they didn't win. They were like, uh, sir, you can't take out your phone. He's like, Oh, it don't matter. I ain't gonna win. They wow. were cheating and got called out. You know, it, Mr. Ruckdashel and I were part of a winning team at Union Trivia one night. This is true. What was the name of your team name? We cannot say it on yeah. the podcast. No, that's we right. say it on the podcast. I forgot. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think everybody has their own categories that they really excel at. I know what mine is. I mean, I've probably got a couple. But do you guys have an idea what category you might, uh, might be in your wheelhouse? Because um, mine came up that night. I'm a music guy, okay. like rock, classic rock, 
like listening to a band in or a song in like one to two seconds. Yeah, you're good at that. I could probably come up with a lot of the names of them. Like when, like you, two notes. Like when we did the Spotify one. Yeah, but, but it, there were so many genres that we didn't know that it eventually was like, nah. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> but I will say I thought I was good. Sign Dog is at a different level. He's a, he's level. amazing at name that tune. And he was there that night. Probably a big reason we won. Yeah, and then Joshua is a tour de force at trivia. He, he kind of knows a little bit in every category, especially science, of course. He's the guy where there's a category that none of us know it, and no matter what it is, if it's something that we don't all know, he knows it. Yeah. Like, he put on a performance one night with sharks. Oh, yeah. Was that on Zoom? Or no, that, that was live. Okay. Hmm. So do you have a category? You know, sports... Um, Books, novels, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'd like to say books, but I don't think I'm very well read, so that's probably not it. Um, sports, I would say. When I was a kid at our beach house on Camino, still have them there. Um, my brother and I would take the uh, Trivial Pursuit Sports Edition and just take the cards out of it and just quiz each other for hours at a time. So. Uh, that game was made in like the 80s. Mm-hmm. So I have trivia that goes beyond my normal range of when I've been alive. And then the one that's kind of a surprising one is uh, uh, came up that night was music or what would be movie themes, movie theme songs. Yeah. That, that one for me, I just, I don't know. It's something in my brain. I hear it. And I know it. Maybe I've seen too many movies. Obviously, they're not ones so you guys have So, could seen. you tell me the theme song for Animal House? It's like an actual song, not like an orchestral song, right? Is that a real question? It was kind of a joke because uh, Mr. Ruck just watched Animal House for the first time ever. So, the only song I remember in Animal House is the one the guy plays on the guitar. Yeah. Where. Belushi grabs the guitar yeah. and smashes it. Yes. Yeah. No, I know. It was it was just a joke. It's a really good joke. Appreciate that. I think we <laughs> pla- passed with flying colors. <laughs> Jokes on you. Um, <laughs> hey, speaking of, <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's no speaking up here. I think we're ready to move on to top three basketball movies, which I'm excited for because when I started to look at the different basketball movies, there were some that I forgot even existed. And I kind of want to go back and watch them now. Um, so I actually have a 3A and a 3B. Who wants to go first? Do you want to go first? Uh, yeah, yeah, I will. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I'm going to start with my 3A. So I'd say this is a little higher. Uh, Space Jam. Oh, yeah. I mean, how could you not? Space Jam, seminal, child, or seminal moment from my childhood. You've got um, Bill Murray, Michael Jordan, um, obviously all the other ba- uh, famous basketball players, uh, on its own, it's just a really good, funny movie. Um, then you add in just the coolness of MJ at the time. That was big. And you know, the funny part is I haven't even bothered to watch Space Jam 2. I don't really care. Space Jam 1 did it for me. I didn't need another one. I haven't seen Space Jam 2 either. LeBron. Yeah. He, I, I don't know if I'd say I really have anything against LeBron, but he's not, he's not my MJ. But it was the first, it, I mean, we're talking about the first time of animation, to, or 
the first part of it, right? In the 90s. Yeah. So was that original not... animation that was like the Looney Tunes? Yeah. So wasn't there a deal where when they were making that movie in Hollywood or wherever they filmed it, they would have like pickup basketball games at night? Yes. Didn't that come out in The Last Dance? Yes, it did. And he had to have a court. Yeah. Where everyone could come so he could train. And it ended up being like NBA All-Star Games full-on going at it every night. Yeah. Now, the question I have, because I don't quite remember, was this taking place when he took his break from basketball? Because that kind of coincides in the movie. So 1996, possibly? Is when the movie came out? Or when he was making it? Here. Oh. Give it a quick Google. So what years it's was a 96 he out? movie. So it's 96. So 95, I think he left. Okay. Right? Or 94? I think it was 94. When I, he went to baseball. Because I believe, and this might be revisionist history in my own mind, I believe I watched his comeback game, his first game back, and I believe it was in 95. His first game back after being on for baseball, I think I watched it at a Chili's in Boise, Idaho, across from the pavilion, and later that day saw Tyus Edney make his oh. play against Missouri. 1995. So in the year he came back, he came back halfway through the year and wore 45. Yes. And they didn't win, right? Yes, that's correct. And so then 96, which would be the 95-96 season, they, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Then do they play the Sonics that year in the finals? Or is that 97? No, 96 was the year that they played us in the finals. Mm-hmm. And, and then 97, he played Utah right. Jazz. So 95, he came back? I think. Well, so then. He 90- didn't come back halfway through 96. No. So. If he takes, so he wins the title in 94, and then he takes off the start of the 94 season and comes back halfway through the 95. I think he... 94, 95. I think there might be another year in there. Oh, really? He takes the whole year off, 94, 95. Maybe. Because the team that won it in between was the Houston Rockets. So they won in 94 and 95. Yeah. The Rockets did? Yeah. Mario Ellie. Hakeem. Did they have Big Shot Bob? Kenny Smith, yes. Oh, they had another guy. Um, that oh, I um, Sam Cassell. Oh, yeah. Sam Cassell. He was my favorite player. I collected his cards as a kid. I think he was summoned from above. Sam Cassell? I think Sam Cassell is the he greatest. He looks like. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Sam Cassell was really good. Yes, he was. He, he was one of my favorite players. Like, he, these were the basketball cards I collected as a kid, which might sound sacrilegious as a Sonics fan, but I collected Scottie Pippen and Sam Cassell, which, what, is, what does that say about me? I collected all of the, <laughs> the, the running mates, not the number one guys. I collected their, their partner. Dude, I love Hakeem so much. Oh, the, it, was, it was easy to like those Rockets teams, except when they were playing the Sonics. So Michael Jordan returned to the NBA after his baseball retirement March 19th. 1995. Mm. So he finished out like a couple months and then they made their run 
Or another three-year run, 96, 97, 98. So I bet he was making He had two three-year runs. Yeah. Yeah. So there was somebody in between the Sonics and the Jazz. Correct. They didn't play the Jazz two years in a row? Maybe. Suns? Charles Barkley. Barkley. The Barkley Thunder Dan Suns. Kevin Johnson, mayor of Sacramento. That sounds familiar. Rex Chapman. Oh, yeah. Man, there were some good players back then. Well, I've said my number three A. My three B, which I don't need to talk about very much. I just remember this movie fondly as a kid. Finding Forrester, which was with Sean Connery. And the basketball player in the movie, gosh, I want to say he was from The Wire. And then eventually, did he go on to be on... uh, that Amazon cop show, with the de- the detective. Um, Are we talking about uh, Forrest? No. Bosch. Bosch. Thank you. Good job. Um, I want to say that's the guy who's the basketball player. Basically, I want to say it's this kid who, you know, he's a really great basketball player, but he's doesn't. His grades are not great, and it's in the inner city, and he happens to run into this. I don't know if it's a neighbor who's kind of cranky. And I want to say this guy ends up kind of helping him, helping him study for the tests and stuff and help him, helps him like, you know, be eligible and um, make it. It was, it was a cool movie. Yeah, I remember that movie. That's a good movie. So my number three is White Men Can't Jump. Woody yeah. Harrelson, Wesley Snipes. Um, love it, and haven't seen it. At the end, remember, remember when they play the Ringers? At the end, they play that. Oh yeah, and it's Marcus Johnson. Yeah, who's the greatest Sonics and, announcer in history? And still to this day, every time it's his birthday on YouTube, Twitter, everything, he goes up and dunks so that he can still dunk. He's seventy. And he can still dunk. Yeah. Wow. He's 70. Man. Wow. Close to it. Yes. And he was a UCLA Bruin. He was a legend. Yeah. Man, I, I hope that that movie is, uh, that's one of the, that's another movie rock that you, you need to watch. You know, when I go home after this podcast and I do all the things I need to do to make it go on the internets, I'll see if I can find it online and watch it. Uh, that's not true. I'm going to watch the Kraken game. But I'll, I'll watch it at some point. And Woody Harrelson, you're watching that movie and you're like, damn, Woody Harrelson can play a little bit. Was that actually him, do you think? Yeah, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Don't you? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, what's... But wh- they but they make it look like they're so good, but it would be like us going to Storvik. <laughs> and the hoop being like eight and a half feet. <laughs> like, it's those rims. Like, just uh, the, the trash talking for that type of stuff that happened yeah, in the 80s and early 90s. Like, you lose your money. Yeah. So that, that was the premise. It's like pool hustlers, but basketball. Oh, got it. Yes. Yeah. Got it. All right. And so those two guys are hustlers together? Well, first they're rivals, okay. then they kind of join forces. So they kind of hustle each other. Yeah. Gotcha. And then they become partners. Nice. How about Rosie Perez? Oh, love Rosie Perez. And she was with Woody in that movie, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 
All right, Jay, what's your number three? So my number three is He Got Game. Oh, yeah. God, give me some Jesus shuttles worth. Yes. Oh, is that Denzel? Denzel, and his son, he's in prison. And then his son is Ray Allen. Oh, For real. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good call. And they actually played one-on-one. Because Denzel's pretty good, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, and he did. But that was really good. Like, showing the, like, recruiting. Yeah. And what happens, like, what really happens that the kids don't tell you. Like, you don't see on TV, like, when you go to a recruiting visit, we all know what happens. Yeah. Yeah, it's another movie I haven't movie that I haven't seen. Um, no, know, it's a good. It's you know, if you got a little time, that would be, that's worth your while. Yeah. No, Denzel. I feel like I saw something recently where that's not really his real name. Isn't that right? Pro. R- I R- mean, R- how many people in yeah, Hollywood fair. have? But you know, his son also really good athlete, uh, football player, played at one point for the Jets. John David Washington. He was a and isn't back. he also his son Famous is also? Actor oh now. yeah, he was in Tenet. He was the main actor. In and that he movie. was all. I think he was in. Um, is it Ballers? The with one, uh, The Rock. Yes, didn't big see time. It. Yeah, it wasn't on HBO. Yes, or something like you've that. not seen. Ba- that's another one. That's fun. Yes, he is. Okay, so num- number two, number two for me. Just saw this recently. Super good. Uh, also features. Uh, a real player from the NBA, uh, Hustle. Hustle is an Adam Sandler movie. It's on Netflix. Uh, it's basically that he is a scout that has traveled all around for the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, when the owner dies, he's had this sort of sweetheart deal under the table that like he was going to become one of the coaches, and that kind of out the, out the window. His, the, the owner's son takes over and is a real jerk. And so he's got to go back out into the wild and be a scout for them again. And so he finds this guy out in like Serbia or somewhere who is playing pickup basketball in these like Doc Martens, just destroying everybody. And so it's his, the story of him trying to get him to come back to the NBA. And he sort of sees for himself that this is his way to become a coach because that's kind of what he wants to be. Um, and the NBA player is Anthony. Edwards from the Timberwolves. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, good movie. Is it really? Yes, I watched. Yes. Oh, you've seen it. Yeah, I saw it. Huh. Good. Worth a watch. So my number two, and I think some people might not see this as a basketball movie, Uncut Gems. That's one I haven't seen. Yeah. I know Kevin Garnett's in it though. Kevin Garnett is amazing in it. Like, and wasn't Sandler gonna win an Oscar possibly? Adam Sandler. You know, he has evolved from being like Saturday Night Happy Live, Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. <laughs> he Boucher. is amazing in that movie. Yeah. He plays just this sleazy uh, jeweler, and he gets gets embroiled in this big deal with, with some diamonds and Kevin Garnett, and he's always, you know, he's trying to catch up on what he owes people, and then at the end, it doesn't work out very well for him. And Kevin Garnett is unbelievable in that movie. Like, you would look at him and think, that guy is an actor. So where does the basketball come into play? So the the at the climax of the movie, it's all revolving around this big parlay that he has put on a basketball game 
that involves Kevin Garnett, who is also involved in this deal he has with uh, a diamond. Mm. Um, so, so it's on the list. I, yeah. For those that are not gambling aware, um, a parlay. Can you explain what a parlay is? So usually it is it is three or more bets that you make where if you put a certain amount of money down and all of the bets in your parlay hit, you win more money. Mm. So, But if any one of them doesn't happen, you lose it all? Correct. Okay. And the odds increase. Yeah, and, and the Vegas guys are good. Like, it's hard to win a bet. Yeah. So it's hard to win three. three or six or eight. So like when some guys say, I just want a five-game parlay... You might have put twenty bucks down, and, and it's win. probably thirty to one now. Yeah, yeah. Put twenty down and win four hundred. Gotcha. Yeah. And of course, when you're going in there to make the bet, you're looking at it and you think, "Well, I can't lose. These are these are easy." <laughs> and yeah. the guy's taking your money. You're like, "Okay, uh, twenty game, twenty dollars parlay." These like he was like, "Jump." Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right, my number two white men can jump. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, was that 1992, 93? Well, let me do a little research here while you It talk. was so... I mean, that was a movie that lives with us through our late teens, early 20s. 92. So I was still in... I was a uh, junior in high school. And Wesley Snipes in the early 90s was on fire. Yeah. All the movies he did. Blade. Before Blade. Willie oh. Mays Hayes. Oh, yeah. Major League. Remember Passenger 57? Yeah. Like, these, he was on fire. Hmm. And Blade came out after that. And is that the one where he was a vampire? Vampire hunter. And there's Blade 1, Blade 2, and 3, right? True. Yeah. I, I like a good Blade. Yeah. So, yeah, White Men Can't Jump. You talked about it already. Just all of it tr- transcending... Just pop culture at the time, too. Uh, they're redoing it. I just looked here what? as I looked up the yes. year. So, yeah, I'm, it's coming out. If they do that, you know who's the perfect person to play Woody Allen? I hope they did. Channing Tatum should be Woody Allen. You mean Woody Harrelson? Who did I say? Woody Allen? Yeah, Woody Harrelson. Yeah, Woody yeah, Allen's yeah. a 90 year old Jewish yeah. man. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Woody Harrelson. Should be Channing Tatum. Do you know who's playing him? Um, I think they're playing him. Like they're doing it or not. Well, that's what I'm saying is if they're doing it, they must already have chosen Jack Harlow. Oh, oh, yeah. Who's that? Isn't he a musician? Mm hmm. Yeah. Interesting. American rapper? Yeah. Yes. Jack Harlow. I'll be damned. You'll recognize one of his songs. Um, well, there's a movie that none of us have said, and therefore I assume it must all be our number one. So well, I'm going to say it. And when you agree that it's also your number one, I'm sure it is. We can just talk about it. Uh, Hoosiers, the greatest movie in the history of American film. Yes, um, there's no movie that captures the spirit of sport and the ups and downs, the trials and tribulations, the reason why you bother going through all of the pain associated with playing or coaching, um, just so that you can get the win, like Hoosiers does. Totally agree. And everything that happens in it is something that every 
high school coach can relate to. Even getting the random kid who's the ringer, like mm-hmm. the kid who hasn't who doesn't play and you're trying to get him out, like 100%. That happens all the time to where there's a kid who's not doing your sport. They might not be doing any sport. And you get him out and you're like, man, if I'd had this kid for the last three years. It's amazing. And just the small town atmosphere. Yeah. Like that's how it was. Like they shut the town down and it shows the photo of them driving out of town. The bus is first and there's 30 cars. I really want to watch that right now. And just going to wherever they go. Yeah. And just one classification. And the venue in that. Like to where there it's a what's the word it's, for it's it? A, um a something box. But uh but it's it it how they're stacked on each other. You know, they've got the pamphlets, the programs. That's why Mount Vernon's gym. See, that's is why one of Mount the best Vernon. Ones. I know because, because it's it, actually like it used to be. Yes. It, yeah. it reminds me of nineteen six fifties, sixties. It is. Cracker that's box. our version of Hoosier. Cracker box, that's what it's called. Yeah. Cracker box gym. Yeah. Yeah. Just the old wood. And then Gene Hackman and Dennis Hopper. Mm. I mean, Shooter. And is it um, her last name, Hershey? Barbara Hershey. He will not play for you. And then he walks in there, and when he's about ready to be fired, if coach goes, I go. If coach stays, I stay. We need a new boat. Oh, my God. Who says remember? that? Jimmy Chitwood? Yeah. Yeah, Chitwood comes in. Do you remember the scene where Jimmy Chitwood is out there just shooting? And shooting the ball's outside. dead. The ball's dead. It's a flat ball. <laughs> and he's Against just... a barn. And he, did he hit rim? No, he's draining 15-footers. And there's no net on it either, right? Uh, maybe a chain net? <laughs> maybe a chain net. In the old school building they were in? He never hit rim. Maybe one time. Oh my gosh! And, and they they call the play and and Jimmy doesn't like it and yeah. he just says, "I'll make it." I know, boy, he's a decoy. I'll make it. Oh, I'm gonna cry right now. <laughs> and you know, hey, so I'm sure that they don't actually have them making or shooting those shots. Like I'm sure it's edited so that they make it. But how about his release? It's just like right overhead, just like right it's here. It's a 1950s release. They oh got the gosh. perfect yes. guy for that. Yes, exactly. It's not here, it's here. They got the perfect guy for it. I don't it, even know if he's ever been in another Well, movie. how about Ollie? We, with, have a, we have a story about Ollie. With the, the underhand. Campbell. Yeah. The high school, are from Anacortes. We called him Ollie. And he played baseball for Swap. And he was... He just played basketball just so he would get in shape for baseball. <laughs> and we were good enough that he got in like eight games. Was so we he, called him Ollie. Was he your human victory cigar? <laughs> that, that, he kind of yes. was, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Oh, that movie. So we, just real quick, we were watching that movie at state basketball for Swap and I coaching. Is this why you said earlier what yes. you said? Oh my gosh! Go and ahead. we're playing Hoosiers. Remember, we had like a four-hour break, and we in the hotel, and like they start winning, and I start crying, and I'm like trying to hide it, and then all the girls find out that I'm crying, and they're like, "Coach Morgie cried during Hoosiers." So one girl, Maddie Holmes, in the senior, like when we're, she's like. My favorite memory is when seeing Coach Morgie cry 
doing Hoosiers. Wow. It was in the program. You know, this reminds me. It's not a basketball movie, but have you ever seen the low-budget movie um, about Prefontaine? It might be just called Pre. Yeah. Uh, it features a lot of local media personalities. Filmed at the University of Washington um, dormitories. But, like, the guys like like Bob and Graz, like, um, I forget, uh, is it Eric Johnson? Like, a bunch of those guys are in it, like, as the media in it. For Pre. Yeah. And then the guy who plays Pre is oh, uh, Jared Leto. Yeah. I know. I remember that movie. It's, and then it shows, like, how he crashed. It's corny. Yeah. But also... Like done really well, like the running parts, like uh. So there's a new movie coming out. Well, Air is supposed to be really good. Air, that's the one with Matt Damon. Correct. So the history of Phil Knight. Oh right, just just came out last week. So the guy, real quick, the guy that played Jimmy Chitwood, um, got the role after an open casting call. Um, he had never played high school basketball. There were hundreds of people at the open call, and he decided to leave, but the casting director saw him and asked him to come in and audition. Wow. He said the scene where he's talking with Norman Dale, shooting baskets outside, was filmed in one take. No way. He said he wasn't even, and the guy that played him says he wasn't even listening to Gene Hackman. He was just concentrating on making shots. He made <laughs> one, and they kept going in. Wow. I'm going to cry right now. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> Goosebumps. <laughs> you got the chilies. Mm. But air is supposed to be good. Uh, and so and, Jordan and, had yeah. one thing to say about the movie. Right. Okay. Because he's not in. Because it's kind of about making his shoe, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's about them. Uh, at the time, it was Converse. Adidas, maybe. I was gonna say, and Nike's like, and they're like, "You want me to take this guy and be the face?" And they called it Air Jordan, and just showing like going to meet his family. I think it was Sonny Vaccaro, and and I think Jordan just said one thing where he, I don't know exactly what it was, but he's like, "I love all of it. Just make this one thing different." Because he's not in the movie. Wow. Is there someone playing his part? Well, I don't think they show him really. They just show the highlights of like real highlights. Gotcha. But Ben Affleck, they say, does a great job as being uh, Phil Knight. I didn't realize that's who played Phil Knight. But we're talking 1984. Yeah, so... So he's got like the pit vipers. Wow. So, yeah, that's around that same sort of like Bowerman time, right? Yeah. There. Oh, yeah. 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 So Bowerman Drive is where that in Beaverton. Yeah. Yep. Well, I think we've made it to the end. You know, I'm, I'm disappointed we didn't get to um, the time that we were hoping for under an hour, but, you know, just more free listening for all of you listeners out there. Um, next, next week, we'll come back better than ever. And can't tell you what our top three is. Jay, you're you're signaling to me. What do you have to say? I think uh, next episode we might have a guest, oh, special we a, guest. Do you have a guest join us? Really? 
This is yeah. news to me. Are we revealing this right now? No. Okay. Then I think that's what we call a tease in the business. Stick around next time. Find out who our and special guest is. And also maybe the date of the secret podcast. Oh, and find out the date of the secret podcast. Okay. Many things to be revealed next week. Uh, stick around and find out who our special guest is and when the secret podcast will be. Uh, until next time, find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, and where you find your podcasts.